0: Welcome to the K2 sales podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point we've all delivered a less than stellar demo, been ghosted by a kind or two, and sometimes maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the KT Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Now, every week we interview guests that share game-changing stories they're experiencing with their team or what they're seeing in the industry, And, and sometimes I come on from time to time. And this week I want to talk to you about communication. And the reason I'm talking about this is I do a lot of call coaching and and, uh, call reviews and it just comes up every time that I'm I'm constantly giving the same feedback to all the reps that I'm coaching. So I thought this is worthy of, of a podcast. So I want to break down communication into three areas. And the first one is having structure or some form of a framework. The second one is engagement. So are you checking in with your audience? And the third one is listening and pausing. So the first one, if you think about anytime you're engaging with your client or prospect, or this could even be, you know, a sales leader with their team, right away, people want to know what's the purpose? Why am I even here? You know, and and I think we have to look at the currency we trade in is time. So we're, we want to, maximize their time and our time. So right away, what framework do you have? Do you, are you following something? Um, Some calls open up and say, what questions do you have? And you're just thinking, what questions do I have? We haven't even opened the call yet. And there's some leaders that I've spoken to and they're in a meeting and they're, you know, allowing their reps to, to lead the meeting and they lead it, you know, and they start in the middle and they're all over the place and they say, oh, I should have done a, You know, we should have had a prep call or, you know, my bad. And I just think, yeah, that is your bad. Like you have to practice or give them a framework to operate with. So opening up, what's the purpose of the call? Why are we here? Some kind of attention grabber that just doesn't make it so boring and mundane, especially if you're virtual. But have a framework to operate from. Because oftentimes we go off script or someone has a question and it takes us down a rabbit hole. And if we don't have a framework, it's very difficult to know where we left off and where we're going. And then, you know, our 30 minutes is passed. And what usually ends up happening is, you know, that two to five minutes we've saved at the end for, you know, next steps and questions is eaten up. So having a framework gives you the freedom to know where you are and where you're going. And also for your audience, it puts them at ease. Nobody likes surprises. Uh, they want to know the expectations are set up front. What, what can they expect in the 30 minutes that we're going to carve out, you know, 10 minutes for time. It holds you accountable as well. You know, that if, if this is out of scope, then we're going to have to have another meeting. If we're going to add this, we have to take this out, but really managing people's time. So just have a framework and, you know, I'm not saying be robotic and have a script, but have a, like a story, an opening, a beginning, middle, and end, okay, for yourself and also for your audience. The second one is so often I see it's a monologue. It's like, I think, a six or seven minute monologue and nobody, they're coming up for air. And if they looked at, at their customer, their customers are, you know, they've checked out a long time ago because there's never been any engagement. So the analogy I say is imagine you're a scent dog and you're picking, trying to pick up on a scent and you have to ask questions. That's going to determine whether or not you're getting closer to solving the case or further away. So when you can check in with your audience and see if what you're sharing is resonating, is this occurring with them or experiencing these and just get information. It's going to allow you to go a little bit. Okay. I'm getting a clear picture. Marco Polo. I'm hot. I'm cold. But when you do a six to seven minute monologue, all about you, your company, and then you say, does this make sense? Well, they're programmed to say yes. And and the question, does this make sense? If you go back to that example of a detective dog, it doesn't tell me if I'm closer or not. It doesn't tell me anything. So I have to ask a more pointed question that's going to actually give me validation and con- confirmation. Am I Am I on the right track here? Am I on the right scent or am I completely off? And if I completely off, then I have to get a new track or a new scent, but asking, does it make sense is not enough. So I just think as pick up on, on body language, especially if you're online, if they're, you know, get them to get, invite them to turn their cameras on, you know, are they not being vocal? Why are they not being vocal? Are you asking them questions? Um, are you getting feedback from them? And and if you aren't asking them questions, do they know how to answer? So if you have three or four people on the line, When you ask a question, do you want them to type it in the chat box? Do you want to unmute them? How can they answer these questions? So I just think if you want to get closer to understand what problems they're facing, you have to allow them to respond and then, and then stay on that. Interesting. Okay. So this has happened in the last three months. And so what have you tried to, to, you know, to, to rectify? Okay. And so what happens, what does this mean for your team? Okay and you know have you measured you know what it's costing you per month okay so all of a sudden you're building a case and and this only comes by asking questions so really staying in the moment getting this back and forth it's a two-way conversation it is not you going off script and pitching everything for 8 minutes and not considering their point of view if in fact this is a problem if it's relevant so we need to engage back and forth and really understand you know, motivation, intent and get details because the more details you uncover here, the way more tailored and specific and customized that demo is going to be in that next stage. So a lot of times when I'm coaching the next stage, the demo phase, and they're saying, well, what is this? And, you know, this should be, a they they kind of don't know the goals. And I always put it back to them and say, this is information you should have captured in the discovery So you almost want to look at what do you want to present in your demo and what do you need to be able to present that? And then you reverse engineer that. And those are the kind of questions that you need to be asking your discovery, but not just ping pong questions. You know, if, if you've got some good information, you stay on there, you go deeper. And even if you only cover three out of the seven, you've got some good information. You have data, you have examples, you have frequency, and you've got the emotion behind it. So when, when these problems exist, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for you personally? Like, what can you not do? What are you, what, what, where is your time not spent now because you're spending time putting out this fire? Get to the emotion, the root of it. And that is not done when we just do a monologue. Okay. It's just not the way we do it. And the third one is listening and pausing. So when we ask a question, are we actually, the minute they stop qu- speaking and answering it, are we just jumping in and, and you know, adding our solution or a spec that our product can do? Or are we going to wait two or three seconds and see if they have anything else to share? Because when you do that, they're always going to add more. Okay. People don't like silence, so they want to fill it. So when they finish speaking, I would invite you to pause. There's already a bit of a delay in technology if it's a virtual call. So just pause. And see if anything comes out. And if nothing does come out, that's okay. But it just shows you're not so reactive. You're not just so the minute you stop speaking, it's all about me. And and by pausing, it also gives you a moment to reflect on what they just said. And do I go on a new thread? Have we exhausted that? Or is there a few unknowns here that I can still capture? So I think pausing is, uh, it's definitely not used enough. And it, it allows you to almost reset too. Just go, okay, where am I? In my, if I go back to point one, in my framework and my structure, where am I? Where do I need to go based on the time, based on what I've heard? Like how much more information do I need to uncover so I have a full picture of if we can solve this problem or not, or just to allow us to move on to that next step. So pausing allows us to do that. It also, when you think about, you know, your pitch and your slide deck, you know it inside out, you know, all your jargon, you know, the acronyms, but from the customer standpoint, it may be the first time they're actually hearing this. So when you pause, it just allows it to digest. They can digest. They can try it on. They might not have heard it before. You might have said it in a different way that they're like, oh, interesting. But we tend to just roll through things so quickly and, and it doesn't mean anything to them. So allow it to sink in. Allow, it to pause. allow yourself to pause and really, again, check in with them. And say, you know, get that, that engagement back and forth. So what I just shared, is that something you're experiencing? Okay. So, on the, you know, the top three things of your priorities, would you say that's one of them? Okay. But just pausing and listening really shows that we are others' focus, that we are intentional. We're not about us trying to solve and and uh, we're trying to pitch. We're actually trying to capture enough information to see if this problem is worthy of solving um, is it occurring frequently enough? And can we solve it? So I can't answer that question until I until I know a little bit more about it. And um, the only way to do that is if I can connect, engage with you, to do that, I need to ask great questions, make you feel like you're the most important person in the room because you should be. I'm not thinking about myself and my and my slide deck. i'm I'm truly trying to connect with you to build trust and make you feel that you can, you know, that we, we've got your best interests at heart. And, and that comes across with having that first one, a clear structure and a framework to let them know that you're considering their time and let them know the purpose. So this is where we are and this is where we're going. Everybody wants to know where they are and, and where they're going. So there's no surprises. Um, check in with them regularly. So get that back and forth engagement. So it's not, you know, a one-way show. And the third one is just really practice active listening. Okay, so before you jump into your answer, just pause. And it invites them to usually provide more detail. Maybe they're going to go back again because that pausing and that silence is awkward. So they want to fill it. Let them, let them fill it and you're going to get more information than you need it. So just, I would say next time you're having a customer engagement, be mindful of what you want from them. You need information from them to be able to help them out what is the best way you're going to get that information? And if you're just pitching and you're thinking about yourself, they know that, they feel it, and they're going to be very tight-lipped and closed and you're not going to get what you need. So be others-focused, have a framework or structure, so do some pre-work in advance. You're not going to turn on your camera and wing it. Make sure you're engaging them so it's back and forth, you're understanding if what you're saying is even on their radar. Okay, and if it's not, move on. And the third one is just pausing and listening. Everybody wants to be heard, okay? So next time you're doing that, uh, sales leaders, role play with your team, okay? Don't let them go out there blind. Practice what that sounds like, what it looks like. So when they're in front of the customer, it's not the first time they're doing it and it becomes habitual and automated with every every customer engagement they're having. And sales reps, try it on. Everyone's time is so precious right now. So don't waste anyone's time. Uh, So thanks for listening, guys, and take care. Thank you for tuning in to the K2 Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our weekly sales insights are geared towards sales reps, leaders, and small business owners to help navigate the complexity of modern day sales. Our tactical takeaways help you put a plan in place to start creating your own game-changing results. Until next time, happy selling.